Mountains, and we encounter uh, parts and places of the world very unlike Atlanta in an effort to get out of our element and sometimes to stretch ourselves, sometimes to become uncomfortable and uh, learn to be okay in those spaces and to find the holy in them. So I'm going to stop talking here and uh, turn it over to the youth choir if you're ready. And as they come up, just a few announcements. First is that there's some delicious mava pudding in the back. It's a South African specialty. It's kind of akin to sticky toffee pudding, if you've ever had that in the UK. Quite delicious, so please do grab a bowl. Oops. Secondly, uh, this year's 10th graders will have the opportunity to go on pilgrimage again this summer, and uh, there will be an informational session for this year's 10th graders next Sunday at 7.30 p.m. in the attic, and we will also reveal the destination at that time, <laughs> so don't miss it. And finally, uh, you'll you're going to learn later in the presentation about a wonderful local church that we worked with in the Lavender Hills community of Cape Town. They're really doing some great work in one of the most impoverished uh, communities in the whole of South Africa, and they're constantly in need of help and support. And so I would encourage you to visit their website at revelationministries.co.za to learn more and possibly even consider making a financial contribution to their good work. So Youth Choir, we're so glad that you're here, and I uh, look forward to hearing some South African tunes. Thanks, guys. Raise your hand if you are in high school and you've been on pilgrimage already. So you can see these juniors and seniors who have come back, and it continues to uh, be a, a fond memory. Well, I'm going to now call up our pilgrims one by one. And the first up, I believe, is Carla Kosar. Oh, a wonderful way to start the presentation. Uh, again, my name is Carla, and thank you guys so much for a wonderful opportunity to go and share God's work and uh, meet amazing folks from all the very end of the, the continent of Africa. Um, I wanted to touch base. My takeaway for this one is cooking and camaraderie. Uh, mine is a little lighthearted, but I was very moved by um, the way this, the pilgrims work together. I'm going to share a little, um, little passage here. It's called Stone Soup. Okay, and Stone Soup is an international folk story in which hungry strangers convince the people of a town to each share a small amount of their food in order to make a meal um, that everyone enjoys and exists as a moral regarding the value of sharing. So as you all know, we all stepped outside of our comfort zone to go on this trip, and we didn't quite know each other quite so well, but we learned through sharing of food and the culture of South Africa. Uh, we were, it, it just um, opened up our eyes to the sharing aspect. So we, speaking of stone soup, so what we did was we broke the, the pilgrimage into two groups, and they had to go and work together as a team to a grocery store and prepare a meal. 
So not only were they given a task of uh, trying to figure out what they're gonna make and to be eat that evening, they were just a wreck. They were so nervous, they didn't know. But they worked in, as a team and got it together. And uh, so that was one aspect of how we enjoyed sharing together. And then we also were hosted by a family over in Fishhook, which is a, a little town about, mm, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes from where we were staying in downtown. And just a lovely, they created meals that were indigenous to the area of South Africa and had a lovely view of the water and we got a chance to share with them. So that also goes back to the stone soup. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was the Lavender Hill aspect of how we ate with the youth there. Um, blown away, they had us a, a feast uh, and we sat down and we were able to partake with them and share stories of hope and how they're going to go forward with their educational uh, aspirations of making their culture and I mean their community much better. Uh, and then so sharing teamwork and thankfulness was what I, I took away from uh, this trip. And I do wanna say my pilgrims, uh, how, how thankful were we for Truth Coffee every morning? Uh, we had a uh, the best coffee in South Africa in Cape Town right next to where we stayed. So every morning we would, we would go over and get our coffee. So it was really amazing. So thank you again. Okay. Okay, uh, hello, my name is CJ, and I would like to talk about something that made me grow as a person on this trip. So for one of the days, we went to Lavender Hill, and it's this community outside of Cape Town that is very impoverished, and it's one of the most dangerous communities in Cape Town, as Zach stated before. And something that you probably don't know about me is that I stress out a lot over almost everything, and something about these kids is that they really didn't. Um, we saw a bunch of like little kids like around like six or seven years old and we were able to hang out with them for a like an hour or so and something that I did was I face painted their faces and it was a lot of fun to do and I just saw that they were all really happy and carefree and it was very weird to see that these people who live in such a dangerous community aren't really worried about things like that in their life they aren't worried about getting a job and stuff like that, maybe because they're so young, but also because they just don't wanna worry about this bad stuff. And it taught me that my first world problems, like you know, my phone being dead or not having Wi-Fi or stressing about a test that I didn't do that well on, isn't that important in the grand scheme of things and that I should be focusing on more important things like, you know, even though apartheid is over, there's still a lot of issues going on that should be talked about that aren't always talked about. And yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I got a little speech here. Uh, I, I don't do this. Okay. So there wasn't a single flight that we didn't miss. Like <laughs> every single flight we got to, it was either delayed or canceled. I mean, which did lead to us staying in some pretty nice hotels. <laughs> the last hotel that we stayed at, 
like the fanciest place I've ever eaten. Don't know if that's saying much, but I digress. Um, they say it's not about the destination, uh, it's about the journey, but in this case, I disagree. The journey was fun in its own way, but the destination is a place I'll always remember. From Cape Point to Lavender Hill, and from the hostel we stayed at to Table Mountain, which is a beautiful view, by the way. And for all the friends and memories I made, thank you.
So my name is Heather, and I was one of the chaperones. I want to say first thank you for um, helping us or letting us come. It was an amazing trip. And I want to talk about our last day there at Robin Island, which was incredible. Um, if you don't know, Robin Island was the place that Nelson Mandela and the other civil rights leaders were imprisoned for 15, 17, 20 years during apartheid. And I didn't know this before I went, but Nelson Mandela was a militant leader when he went into Robben Island. And there he met with all kinds of people, all the different civil rights leaders and everything. And he was sent to quarry, to a quarry with many of the biggest um, agitators, I should say, that were sent to Robben Island. And every day they would go to this quarry and dig rock that, as far as I could tell, was never used for anything except maybe road gravel on the same island over and over again. So they would spend their lunches under this overhang out of the sun and just discuss everything that was happening and why they were there. And over the course of this time, he went from being a militant leader to a peacemaker. And when he came out of Robben Island, um, he brought South Africa out. He published a book while he was in there, and it was snuck out of the island. And um, he ended up practically in solitary confinement after it was released and everything. But it was his story was amazing to me how such a devastating, awful experience could still, he came out of that being a peacemaker and everything. It was an, it's an amazing story to me. The other thing that was amazing to me was our guide on the island was a former prisoner there who'd lived there for eight years, who'd been in prison there for eight years. And the fact that he was brave enough to come back and tell his story and the story of the other people there really moved me deeply as well. We had some last minute trading of the order, if you can imagine that. Good morning, my name is Deja. Um, so today I would like to talk about Table Mountain. <laughs> Table Mountain was a beautiful hike, and it showed, when you stood on top of the mountain, you could see the shores, and you saw, you just saw the water and how beautiful, like, the whole country was, and we walked down the mountain, and walking down the mountain was not fun. <laughs> it was pretty, but it was not fun. Um, I walked down the mountain with Mr. Jean. We walked together for a while. We had some good experiences on the mountain. It was fun. He made me sit down and drink water a lot. It wasn't that fun. Um, then I, when Miss Heathers joined us, so we walked together. We were there for a while. Had a lot of pain on that hike. It was a lot of rocky, like a lot of rocks, smooth surfaces that it made it easy to slip. I did it a couple times. Um, but afterwards, when we finished the hike, the hike, I was happy. It was really, I was just proud of myself that I finished this very treacherous hike, but I was in a lot of pain for the following days, and I enjoyed it, and I was really proud of myself because I did this hike that I never do. I don't like hiking. I don't like walking. I don't like running. <laughs> I like sitting a lot, so I enjoyed, I enjoyed that trip, and I was really happy the bonds I made with everyone on the trip. We became really close, and it was our own close-knit family. Thank you.
born mixed race, he grew up in South Africa during the racially segregated time known as apartheid. It was blatant. You must remember, apartheid was the best racism, and this is not in a joking manner. People don't realize how well thought out apartheid was. So today we started off by going to Lavender Hills. informative to me. Um, I, mean, I knew that things were like that were happening, but I didn't know people's stories and how they were like affected personally. And I thought it was really interesting to know because like I don't have that perspective in Atlanta where I live. Well, today was a little challenging at first due to my sore thighs but the houses that we went to and the families we met, uh, they, the houses were small, but the families were gracious for what they had. And that meant a lot to me because I need to actually work on gratitude. Good morning. My name is Aiden Wilbur, and I was lucky enough to go with the church as a chaperone. I really enjoyed the trip, and thank you for allowing your young parishioners to have this experience to see God at work and to broaden their horizons. I want to focus on our, the first thing we did was visit the District 6 Museum. And if you've been to Cape Town, you'll know that Cape Town is situated right on the sea with the mountains directly behind you. It's absolutely beautiful. And the city of Cape Town is divided into 12 districts. The District 6 Museum is in District 6. And in 1960, 60,000 people lived in District 6. There were black people, uh, English-speaking white people, colored people, Jewish people, Indians. And it was apparently a very vibrant, working poor neighborhood where everybody got along. Our guide at the District 6 Museum told us his family had been there for 70 years, that he remembers his Jewish neighbors celebrating at the baptism of their Christian friends. In 1966, in the Cape Town newspaper, the government announced that it was going to relocate all 60,000 residents of District 6. After that, you started seeing in the newspapers of Cape Town uh, words like black, 
colored, Indian, Jew, Muslim, creating a division among people. And that's exactly what the government, the apartheid government was trying to do. They said that the, the coexistence, the living of uh, different groups uh, bred um, conflict and that they must be separated. So they declared District 6 a slum and said it was beyond rehabilitation, that it needed to be leveled. Uh, what in fact was going on was that the government, the, the land, District 6 is right in the central business district of Cape Town, absolutely prime property. You can see the docks. We were lucky enough to stay in the central business district at the Scalabrini Refugee Center, and it was a five minute walk from the museum. In the 70s, the entire District 6 was leveled, except for the houses of worship and the churches. People were relocated about 15 miles outside of town to land that's called Cape Flats. And it's absolutely disgraceful land. It is completely flat, not a single tree. And the people were, were removed there. Uh, our guide at the museum's name was Noor. We saw a picture of him. He was a Muslim man about 70 years old, whose family had lived there for over 70 years. And he said he stood, and his family stood in the streets and watched as their house was bulldozed. And the people who were relocated could only take the things they had on their back. It's just an unbelievable thing. Um, the world heard about this. And this happened in the 1970s, and it was just an outrage. So the government of South Africa never built the white neighborhood. Uh, nothing was done because of the outrage of the world. Um, the museum is, is a really a neat museum. It's very humble, and it, it's situated in an old Methodist church that was actually part of District 6. And when you walk in, the floor is painted with a map of District 6, and all over the walls are little handwritten notes by different people who had lived there to, with different stories. And it tells uh, a lot about the history and the culture of the people. Apparently, it was a really vibrant community where everybody got along. Uh, the museum was created in 1994, and uh, it tells the story of apartheid and of the culture and the history of the people. The goal of the museum is to create a community where people respect integrity, identity, and the coexistence of the races. It was a fabulous trip. Thank you so much for allowing me to go. My name's Michael Watterson. I was also a chaperone on the trip and just want to add to the gratitude of all of us for the congregation. My most memorable time was also in the District 6 Museum that Aiden just so nicely told you about. And after we had our group tour, um, we had some time to explore the museum by ourselves. And the last hallway that I walked down uh, had a series of pictures from different times in District 6 history. And one was actually of the Methodist congregation that had previously worshiped in the building and had given their building for the museum. And it was just labeled um, praying for the end of apartheid in the 1940s, the 1940s. And there was a picture of the congregation, um, blacks and whites and coloreds, the very thing the apartheid government was trying to get rid of. It was breaking their narrative that it was better for these races to be separated because fewer people actually working and living together. 
And I thought when I was looking at that picture, you know, the 1940s, most people in that picture didn't live to see the end of apartheid. And it reminded me um, that even when we feel like what we're doing doesn't matter or won't make any difference, it might just be a brick in the house that does get built. And what, what we are able to do with the help of God does make a difference. And I also thought I want to be the white person in that picture, standing side by side with people that don't have the same advantage um, and work for a better future. chased by baboon twice and then I just kept going we had this guard with us and I thought we were fine and then I kind of got ahead of other people and uh, the baboon came back same baboon and it tried to take my bag but I didn't want it to take my bag because I had like my money and stuff in there with my ID so I was not having that so I held on to the bag and I was kind of in a tug of war with the baboon and the baboon I had a jacket on so it kind to me or like grabbed me, but I didn't break skin, so I'm fine, but I have a wonderful story about a baboon who's trying to steal my backpack. I learned baboons aren't very nice, and um, I don't know to be aware of my surroundings.
Cape of Good Hope is absolutely beautiful. You can see the white sand beach, and it's a gorgeous day. I'm going to try to move us along here, but we'll um, send you the link to the rest of the videos if you want to uh, watch the full film. My name's Gene. Um, uh, Deja and I came down Stone Mountain, or not Stone Mountain, Table Mountain together. <laughs> we both left our thighs somewhere up at the top. So uh, this day, everybody you saw taking on that other hike, they handled Table Mountain much better. I took a bus all the way to the, uh, to wait for them to finish their little hike that you saw there. Um, thank you for sending us again. This was a great trip. But for me, like one of the things um, that really got for me was here at like basically the edge of my world. So like if you've ever met me, you know that me being still and not talking or moving a lot is not something I do terribly well. So after my legs are all shot, I go down to the beach and I sit at, and if you, and it's not this beach, there's another one farther around, but it's covered with these stones that when people go there to the southwesternmost point, they start stacking these stones and hundreds of little carns everywhere. And I made my little stack and then I sat on a rock and for me, that's a big deal for about an hour. And it's, and it was thinking about thin places on pilgrimage. For me, this is like the thinnest places I'm, I'm probably ever going to go. This is 6,000 miles from where I'm from. This is like really, as far as I'll ever go, this is the edge of my own personal boundary. And it was just a very thin moment for me. So that's. talk about Lavender Hills and I honestly think that was probably life-changing for me. Um, I'm going to be reading off my phone. Yay. Uh, so when we first went to Lavender Hills, um, it's a very dangerous area and like I could, s for me at least, I have been to dangerous areas before but nothing like that and it just shocked me, their living conditions and how like it's even legal for kids to be living that way. Like, um, but so when I was talking to them, it just made me ask questions like, why am I born into a family that has things and they're not? Like, what's why do I get this and they don't? And um, it just, but I also like from that, I was thankful that I got the awareness because I think that's like the first start to actual change is like noticing it and seeing it and not liking it and then actually doing something about it. And um, I think for everyone, it was honestly really scary, but like just life changing. I think everyone had a great time that day. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Saints Vacation Bible School. It's Reverend Zach here. I'm not in my preschool today because 
today we are on safari with our youth program in South Africa. So right here I'm with my friend the elephant. And did you know that elephants have to eat over 360 kilograms of food every day and 200 liters of water? So I'm going to help uh, this guy get the nutrients he needs and just feed him a few potatoes here. So we're having a great time learning about God's love. Um, it was a great coincidence that Vacation Bible School happened to be going on the same week, and it was a safari-themed VBS. So we were able to send video dispatches to the children in the Pritchett Center from South Africa. And uh, the great pilgrimage scholar, Phil Cousineau, who has come here a number of times, talks about how on the pilgrimage of life, that moments of synchronicity, coincidences that are almost too good to be true, are signs that you're on the right path. And so we thought it was a beautiful thing that that rainbow appeared just as uh, All Saints was getting ready to, to ring the bells uh, for Pulse Nightclub. So a cool thing. Again, we'll send you the links so you can have uh, all the pictures and videos at your disposal. But Natalie, come on up. Good morning, my name is Natalie Rink, and my favorite part of the pilgrimage to South Africa was interacting with the vast array of wildlife. <laughs> On June 10th, we visited Cape Point, where we got to interact with the notorious baboons, which you already heard my story on that. Um, but then on June 11th, we made a much less eventful visit to go see the African penguins. They lived on beautiful beaches and were fun to watch swim and waddle with their babies. This was definitely one of the group's favorite moments. But my favorite experience by far was the next day when we went on safari. Our experience was unique and not the stereotypical safari because we were able to get out and interact with some of the animals. We got to feed the elephants at the sanctuary, which showed us their gentle spirit and allowed us a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to touch an elephant. While feeding the elephants, we saw a beautiful rainbow, which truly enhanced the backdrop of the lush green mountains. While there, we also saw two different lion species, zebras and two rhinos. These animals each had stories of how they had been rescued from game reserves across Africa. The wonderful experiences we had in nature helped me to see God's beauty in this new environment. Thank you. My name is Oliver Kosa, and I went, I went to South Africa also. And I'd just like to say thank you to everyone that allowed us to go on this experience. It was a life-changing experience. 
and I remember it correctly. So what really hit me the hardest was the seeing Nelson Mandela's um, prison cell. Like that was really powerful to me. And I also saw a quote in the Zone 6 Museum by him, and it says, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. And I think that that quote, personally, I can use that, and now I can go help people here, and I can use what I learned in South Africa to help people here and make my world better. And thanks to this experience, I've already written three essays in school in it. So. <laughs> So I'm Billy Bellini, and my experience was a lot more personal and alone. So um, the day of Lavender Hill afterwards, we went to this safe haven house where we stayed with them and ate dinner with them. And we do the nightly prayers, and Zach gave us time to go out by ourselves and just meditate about the day. and all the thoughts and activities we had done. And so they had this patio with a pool um, in the upper area. And so I went up there and sat down. And since it was night by now, all the stars were out and the moon was out. And so I just sat there thinking about my day, looking at the stars, the moon. And after a while, um, I just started listening to all the sights and sounds around me. I could hear the wind blowing through the trees. I could hear some birds um, tapping on a tree. And then I could very faintly also hear the waves lapping against the edge of the harbor, which really connected with me in a deep way because I'm more of a reserved person. And so that just made me see God in the certain environment surrounding me and then also visualize and see God more in the sights and sounds of our work at Lavender Hill. So yeah. Hello everyone, um, Will Bryan. Uh, first off, I would just say this. To a speech they said, it'd be fun, they said. <laughs> I'm stressed out of my mind. Um, but anyway, so this is us at the airport. Um, so we expected delays. Well, we didn't expect delays, but we had delays. One delay in Atlanta, the other one, we had a 24-hour delay in Boston, and then but we learned from that. We learned patience, maybe a little stress control. <laughs> um, what else? So there was a. It was kind of scary having a weather delay in South Africa because um, we were there for more than five hours, I think, just waiting for a plane. But once we got. In, into the plane into France, we actually had to run to the gate in Paris, then fly all the way to Atlanta, which was kind of boring. <laughs> and 
yeah, so the hours are is, and we all wanted to make the best of things and calmly figured out what to do next. Thank you. I got one more thing. <laughs> so the trail down Table Mountain, as you can tell, I was trying to T-pose, but I was so cold, I couldn't. But I was just fully present in the moment. It was an amazing view. And as, I as people were in front of me and behind me, I felt a sense of community, and I felt like I was in the middle of that community. That's it. All right. Well, thank you again, Youth Choir. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, we're so grateful for the incredible support this parish offers to our pilgrims year in and year out. Uh, please do visit our blog for more pictures and videos, as well as our All Saints Smug Mug. There's a really great video of our visit to Robin Island that I would commend to you. And then there's uh, a video that I think we'll end with, which uh, depicts our hike up and down uh, Table Mountain. So. Uh, thank you again for joining us, and go in peace.